0: What comes to mind when you think about life, your life, the lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course, but have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, But when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. We are in
1: store for another compelling installment of Stories from the Bridge to Life. For most, having a family member in organ failure is a rare occurrence. Can you imagine having a disease that affects multiple members of a family and requires either a transplant or to live a compromised life? Hi, you're listening to episode 36 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and Proud Life Bank staff member. Julie Dab-Pancek is a member of such a family. Julie's mom, three siblings, and two of her three children suffer with a disease that affects the kidneys. Hi, Julie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Julie, that's a lot to take in, but can you explain to our listeners what disease has affected your family?
2: Our family has been affected by polycystic kidney disease. It's an inherited disorder that causes clusters of cysts to develop primarily within the kidneys. These are fluid cysts that grow larger and they damage the kidneys, which can ultimately lead to kidney failure. And the kidneys sometimes can get very large. Um, The average size of a kidney is the size of a fist and a polycystic kidney is compared to the size of a football.
1: Wow, in your family history, This goes back to your mom.
2: Correct. My mom was in her early 20s. She had a kidney removed. And at that point in time, they did not know a lot about polycystic kidney disease. So she had the four of us with one kidney and had no idea that it was hereditary disease, a genetic disease that she could pass on to her family.
1: Out of the four of you... How many had polycystic kidney disease?
2: There's three of us that have been on dialysis or been affected by polycystic kidney disease. And my one brother has cysts, but he has not been affected to date. But if you have one parent that has polycystic kidney disease, there's a 50% chance that one of the children could have polycystic kidney disease.
1: Let's zero in on you. When were you diagnosed with it?
2: in my late 20s, but I really didn't know a whole lot about it, and I did not really seek any care for it until I was in my probably mid-30s.
1: You were just kind of going along in life until it got to the point where it was interfering with, with day-to-day life?
2: Well, actually, I started having high blood pressure, and my mom had been on a uh, dialysis, so they checked me out and found out that I did, in fact, have polycystic kidney disease. At that point, I had already had two of my children, and I, you know, was later, after I had been diagnosed with polycystic kidneys, I had my third child.
1: Was your mom ever transplanted?
2: I was pregnant with my youngest, Jacob. um, She was called for kidney. She was in her 60s, and she turned it down because she wanted to Be there with me when I had my baby and she said at this point in time she was too old and that it should go to someone younger. Oh my. So she turned down the kidney.
1: Uh Oh the rest of her life was she needed dialysis.
2: Right she passed away in her 70s she was on dialysis about 15 years.
1: Oh my goodness it is a way of life I know people live with dialysis for years obviously. So when it comes to you and your brothers, were you the only one transplanted?
2: I was the only one transplanted. My oldest brother, Wayne, he um, was on the transplant list early on. He did not accept a kidney that was not a good match and went on dialysis. And he had just started his 38th year on dialysis when he had a stroke and passed away. Oh, my God. Wow, He did everything that he was supposed to do, followed his diet, followed his fluid intake, and was really a perfect patient and never missed a day of work. Oh, wow. And then my brother, Bill, he did not go, he was not on dialysis, but he he suffered a stroke and he passed away at the age of 40. He had PK. He had the high blood pressure. He had been seeing a kidney doctor at the clinic and he was not. He had not started dialysis.
1: What about your third brother?
2: Randy, he has some cysts on his kidneys, but as of this time, he has not had to start dialysis.
1: Oh, well, that's a blessing. When did you know that you were in kidney failure and you needed dialysis?
2: I knew that I was in kidney failure in 96 and... We tried to starve it off as long as we could, and it finally got to a point in August of ninety-seven where I went on um, dialysis. I had gone on the transplant list prior to starting dialysis because I knew that's what the option I wanted to, to take. And so I was on the transplant waiting list, and I went on in August. And my first call was in November of ninety-seven, and the kidney was from a man, and it was large and it wouldn't work and then I got a second call and um, I was a backup and then I got the third call on December 4th of 99 and I had my transplant on December 5th of 1999.
1: Oh so you're coming up to an anniversary.
2: 21 years.
1: What a huge blessing that is. Do you know anything about your donor?
2: She was a 19 year old girl from Florida She suffered a head injury in an ATV accident. Her mom was about the same age as me and had three children also. And uh, I did exchange one letter with her, and I sent another one, but I never heard back a second time.
1: Just nice to to be able to express your gratitude.
2: Oh, most definitely.
1: Um, You mentioned that you had three children, Jason, Jody, and Jacob. Out of the three, were any of them affected by PKD?
2: Jason was the first child that was affected by PKD. He first had glomerical nephritis, and he, he had a cut on his arm, got an infection, and it went into his kidneys. And um, they went to do a biopsy, and they discovered that he had polycystic kidneys, so they couldn't do the biopsy. He was in middle school, and he was in his 30s when he started having problems, and he was my free-spirited child and felt like he could conquer anything, and he waited till the very last minute and had to go on emergency dialysis and was on dialysis about three years and had started home hemo and wasn't following all the prescriptions that he should have as far as dialysis, and they had put him back into a unit and Unfortunately, I got a phone call when I was at work and they told me that uh, he hadn't shown up for three of his appointments and unfortunately he had passed away.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. That's That's got to be difficult. I know he was an artist, right?
2: A musician, an artist, and a free spirit. Wow. He did not like being on dialysis. He did not like the fact that Even though he looked young, his body felt old. When they did an autopsy, his kidneys were about 10 pounds each.
1: My goodness. How about Jody, your daughter? Is she affected by PKD?
2: As of yet, no. She has not been affected by PKD, but um, it can show up as far as up until age 60. But she had some kidney stones, and they did an ultrasound, and they did not come back saying that she had cyst on her kidneys.
1: That's great. And I know she's got a couple of little daughters that you absolutely adore. For
2: sure. <laughs> Definitely. They are my life.
1: Do you want to share Jacob's story? I remember meeting Jacob many, many years ago when he was an Eagle Scout. And how old is he now?
2: Jacob is 35 and he is working at OU in the library at Alden Library and. um he found out that he was need to go on dialysis and he had an evaluation at Ohio State University in September of 2015. His friend went along with us to the evaluation and was tested to be a donor and found that he was a good match, not a perfect match, but a good match, and Jacob had his transplant on December 8th of 2015 without ever having
1: to go on dialysis. Julie, that is wonderful. And really now that's a, a protocol. They really want to get patients transplanted if possible before dialysis. So, mm-hmm. um, And he's doing great?
2: He's doing good. Loving life.
1: So glad he's doing well.
2: Little did he know when he did his Boy Scout, his Eagle Award on organ and tissue donation, that one day he would be in that same position to need an organ.
1: He's kind of paying it forward, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Based on your history and your family, you have a very interesting job. Can you talk a little bit about what you do?
2: Eleven and a half years ago, I started at Metro Working at the Center for Reducing Health Disparities as a transplant navigator, and what we did is we went to dialysis units and we talked to dialysis patients um, about getting a transplant and helped them get over the barriers that they might have to receiving a transplant.
1: How interesting is that? And you really understand where where they're at in life.
2: Help them to know that you had been in their position. You'd been. Sitting in the chair, you knew what it was like, and to help them overcome some of the barriers that they had to get listed.
1: If you're talking to somebody, anybody in general, and organ donation comes up, what would you say to them?
2: Well, organ donation has totally affected my life. I mean, with my children, you know, I've got to watch my children get married, to have my grandchildren graduate, just to enjoy life. Since I had my transplant, I've been able to teach others about organ donation. Not only at Metro, I also met with patients and showed them a video about organ donation and had them talk to their doctors about organ donation. And hopefully, we changed some people's minds. I also worked at Metro on the Healthy Teen, Healthy Tomorrow Summit, where we taught teens about organ donation and we also Uh, called their parents to talk to them about the importance of organ donation. So I've done a lot with organ donation.
1: It has affected us both personally and professionally. And I think dedicating your time in that manner really is a way of giving back and saying thank you for the health to be able to live your life. I'm sure that people that have met you and heard your story were affected as well.
2: I'm really grateful for the donors you know, living donors, the donors like Robin family. I mean, it's, it's changed
1: my life. Julie, just thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Thank you. Another wonderful story from the Bridge to Life that is sponsored by Bridge to Life, the solution for preserving life. I thank you for listening, and I invite you back next week for more of this series. And come on, let's talk about life.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. Podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is truly all about life. Life given, life received, and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at infolifebank.org or visit lifebank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it. Donate life.